Nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware stores all around the metro bring you this portion of the Garage Logic podcast. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. There's no questioning the devastation of this uh, Hurricane Michael. There's a I have no familiarity with the Panhandle. I've been in Florida countless times. I've never spent any time in the Panhandle. I was unaware of a of a place called Mexico Beach. I've never. This isn't the first I've heard of. It's it. gone. Unreal. Have you seen the film? Yes. It's gone. There's there's no questioning the devastation. Miraculously, the death count is extraordinarily low. It's one is too many. It was two the last time I looked, which is a miracle. What do we attribute that to? Uh, I think a lot of people got the hell out of there. Okay, so uh, is that a, a a small awakening here? Uh, they respect nature. Is that? I don't want to say this is a silver lining, well, but at I'm least glad, people are uh, smart enough. I'm glad you use the word nature. Uh, according to CNN, we're no longer allowed. Uh, this mob is going to tell us uh, we're no longer allowed to call a hurricane a natural disaster. Why? What BS? No, because they're insisting this this hurricane oh was God. caused by man. What a bunch mm -hmm. of fools. So they were just, uh, oh, wait, no. Were we unlucky? Mexico Beach in Florida was, was terribly unlucky. unlucky. The phrase natural disaster is an attempt to lay blame where blame doesn't rest, said Carrie A. Emanuel, a professor of atmospheric science at MIT and a global expert on hurricanes. It's not about semantics, said Kesnia Kamuthnia, a lecturer at Lowborough University in the United Kingdom. She and colleagues issued a news release this year asking journalists to banish the phrase natural disaster from our lexicon. By blaming nature on disasters, we are saying there is nothing we can do about this. We can't do anything to reduce the risk, which is not the case. She said by blaming nature on disasters. She means blaming disasters on nature. Right, she had a bad She couldn't time. even get her words out correctly, or CNN wasn't able to transcribe it correctly. So what are we supposed to say? Yeah, what did she, did she offer any... Um this just flat out says you have to call it climate change, which I will not do. No, this is a this is a natural a, a a disaster, which was created by nature. By this reasoning, if uh, if I'm in a high point in the Twin Cities mm -hmm. and yonder I see a tornado funnel begin to churn and grind its way on its path of destruction, okay. uh, I I cannot consider that a a natural phenomenon, a natural state of the universe. I would have to look at it according to these 
intellectually devoid fools and say, no, man is the, re- man is the reason there is that funnel cloud there. Unless man had the most gigantic wind or, or, or a fan, and, there's no way in hell. And by this extension, you'd have to cup, you'd have to let rain fall in your cupped hand and say, that's not nature. I've brought this about. This is the ultimate example of these virtuous fools believing that they are bigger than nature. They are denying, they are denying that that hurricane was a natural disaster, and they're insisting that journalists must use the term climate change. What, what, what about the same force hurricane that hit the same part of the panhandle in 1882? Right. Well, plus I guess that was early. okay. That was a natural disaster because mom's minivan hadn't been invented yet. Well, aren't there intellectuals, serious intellectuals, that would, would hear this lady say this and say, uh, um, you're going too far. That's, that's silly. Yes, me. Okay. Although I'm not much of an intellectual, we need more scientific intellectuals than me. This is uh, this is truly astonishing. This is a denial of the truth. But in postmodern America, the truth is uh, relative. It's whatever you want it to be. My God in heaven, uh, here are people who have uh, reached positions of uh, authority in the failed academy, uh, and this is one of the reasons the academy has failed, and they are insisting that uh, we should no longer refer to these uh, as examples of natural disasters. Uh, We should refer to them as climate change. Humans are burning fossil fuels at an alarming rate. The air is warmer. So are the oceans. The storms that form in this now-changed environment are different than they were before. No. No, they're not. The difference is four million people decided to place a bet on living on the beach in the Florida panhandle. Those 4 million people were not there when the panhandle had uh, was previously struck, most significantly in 1882. Hurricanes are not worse than they've ever been. There are more people in harm's way. And there are more uh, cameras to cover the damage. It, it's, just, it's just disheartening. Hurricanes aren't new, but storms like Hurricane Michael occur in the context of this trend. 97% of climate scientists agree that humans are driving global warming, according to a NASA summary of peer-reviewed science. The climate is changing, and that means that the weather is impacted by the current state of the climate. There's a huge human fingerprint on that, said Kevin A. Reed, an assistant professor in the School of Marine and Atmospheric Sciences at Stony Brook University. So, to some extent, there's a human footprint fingerprint on individual weather events the mother of god okay go back to the beginning i personally do not nor have i ever denied that the climate is changing what i deny is that mysterians who i've been quoting here would hope that an expanded governmental reach would somehow mitigate these storms do you have the uh do you have the, the audio of the fellow uh, saying we'll never have hurricanes again if we sign the Paris, Paris Climate Accord? I can't remember the fellow's name. Is that Ron Allen? I believe so. And believe. this is what this whole climate agreement, uh, signed by 190 nations and now ratified by about 60 or so, is designed to stop. 
Okay, let me ask you something. Let's say you turn the whole, as I said yesterday, the only logical conclusion you can reach is that some entity, as yet unformed, would control the behavior of human civilization, right? In mm -hmm. the belief that they're saving the earth, in the belief that there's a human fingerprint on the climate, in the belief that man caused Hurricane Michael, humans. Let's say you, you acquiesce to this group that will now change human behavior. Mm -hmm. That will not. Do you think that will end hurricanes? It will not. Does that stand to logical reason that that would, would that end tornadoes? No. Storms? Would that end thunderstorms? You mean like just putting money towards that? Yeah. You know, we had eight storms uh, last year, which cost America well more than eight, eight than a billion dollars per storm. Sure. It's far cheaper to recognize what's coming and cure the problem ahead of time. What would he have done for Michael? What would he have done? Kerry, the reason the storms result in so much monetary damage is because of how many people are clamoring to live in weather that they choose to live in. Right. If it's a vacant beach and there's nothing, no development there, you're fine. I, to me, it's, a, it's an extremely unnerving proposition to think that we have among us people who are rejecting the very idea that the behavior of nature has anything to do with nature. The behavior of nature, according to these people, has everything to do with the behavior of man. Now, there's a relationship to some degree. I don't even deny that. But it's preposterous to think. You look at the behavior of the politicians in this country, whether whether on the right side of the aisle or left side of the aisle. And you look at these people. You look at Dianne Feinstein, you look at Grassley, and you look at these people, and you think, oh, yeah, these are the people I'm going to bet on can, can stop a hurricane. Yeah, right. you, you can't, they can't even get through a judicial hearing. Dianne just puts her hand out like, like the stop motion to, like Moses or something in, like that. In the middle of the coverage last night, which Como is it that has a CNN show? Chris. Uh, he said, oh, "Isn't it Chris? Yeah, yeah." Nope. And he he said he he couldn't resist. He had to say, "And isn't this ironic that this hurricane is striking just as we get the uh, United Nations report that we don't have much time left?" Well, we've been told we don't have much time left for twenty years. These are people who wish to bring about a completely different form of world governance, and I don't know why they're not stopping to think this through because it will impact their own lives. The other thing I would say to Chris Cuomo is. Quit flying around then. What are you doing? Did you drive to the studio tonight? You got a car? You got a furnace? You got air conditioning? You got a microwave? You got a pool or a pond? You got a pool yeah. or a pond. <laughs> pond to be good for Como. Why? Because he's a... Natural spring? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you almost said it, too. Increasingly, researchers like Reed are able to analyze how human-induced warming affects individual storms. I, I can't look at a storm and believe that it's the result of my behavior or your behavior. I don't, I don't know how they, they, they do. Really believe. They can. They, they're, or they're fooling themselves. To what extent? Panama... The Florida Panhandle uh, has been remarkably free of damaging hurricanes, and they got a whopper. And it's it, and because it's a whopper, 
See, I don't know what they would have said if it hadn't been a whopper. If it came ashore as a tropical storm and didn't do significant damage, I don't know where that would have left them. They would have had to have been crossing their fingers and wait for the next one and hope it's a whopper so they could sell you their BS. Mm. It's just, it's just, it's, it's disheartening. But if you, if you take them to task and corner them at the cocktail party and say, how, how is man doing that? How is man uh, a changing uh, nature? It's not. Nature's doing what it wants to anyway. What should we do? What should we say instead? <clears throat> this is CNN giving a lecture to the American public. Fortunately, not many people will read it. John Upton, a writer at Climate Central, suggested dropping the term natural in favor of just disaster. We build homes where wildfires burn and waters swell, then rebuild after their trash. We don't help the poor or working class. We escape the effects of storms. I don't know what that means. Catherine Hayhoe, a climate scientist at that's a hell of a last name, isn't it? Hey yeah. ho! Hey ho! Hey ho! Hey 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 ho! Catherine Hey ho, a climate scientist at Texas Tech, had a longer turn of phrase suggesting that we call them what used to be entirely natural disasters, now amplified or exacerbated by human-induced change. Okay, Catherine, what are you doing about it? I know it's a mouthful, she wrote on Twitter, but I think it's worth it because it addresses the misconception and presents the facts all in one. Wow. Think of that, huh? One of the f most fun things I do is rip I'm up almost I'm almost going to get choked up here. I'm not going to. I'll save myself. One of the most fun things I've always done, and it continues now with the kids of the kids I used to have, mm -hmm. is in the event of bad weather brewing, we all get a flashlight. We sit in the back of the seat. We raise the tailgate on the back of the CP's car, and we wait for the storm to hit. Oh, that's a, okay. I I, I would. Uh, and and I like that. It's just, and what they're learning, they're learning about nature. They don't sit there and think, boy, grandfather, if you didn't have 14 cars here, right. which I don't. We could play floor hockey in the garage. <laughs> Boy, I wish you wouldn't have caused this storm. No, they're they're childlike in their in their awe and majesty of nature. Lightning, thunder, clouds rolling in, dark thunder, clouds. Light. It's been a it's been it's been an enthusiasm in my family since the day I was born, and is extended to the kids I used to have and the kids they now have. We storm watch, and to think that they're growing up now. In a culture that would insist that these children be deprived of that awe and and be made to understand that humans have caused that thunderstorm, that lightning, that tornado, that hurricane. And, and furthermore, planting in their minds the false idea that if only you let us do something about it, keeping in mind they're doing nothing in their personal lives about it anyway. I'm talking about these professors and right. CNN commentators. They're as hypocritical as anybody else. It, but they would have you believe that if we do something, which hasn't been identified except to reduce a carbon footprint, which may or may not be wise and certainly would not be cost effective. If you let us do this, there won't be any more hurricanes. You want to bet? Hmm. I don't want to take that bet.
the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. You know, I live in a house divided, and it can take its toll. I don't know how you do it, bruh. Neither do I. Divided. Uh, and I, I'm ridiculed uh, significantly because of my fascination with the behavior of Kanye West. Uh, I'm not allowed to be uh, bemused by him. Okay. And I keep trying to defend myself by saying I, I love the way he's giving it to the very crowd that he belongs to. And our chef in Montana would prefer that I no longer call it the club. Scotty? Yeah. It's a gang. And he sent me the criminal and federal uh, judicial definitions of gangs. And they and they line up perfectly with the kinds of people funded by George Soros and everybody else who are insisting that uh, the left must win. They're, they're a gang. Their, their behavior is gang-like. And among those characteristics is the gang uh, will require you to, to speak only what the gang approves of. Mm-hmm. Right? So here comes Kanye West, who I've struggled with all my life because I, I told you this a million times. I canceled. I was a charter subscriber to Rolling Stone and canceled it with a long letter to the editor when Kanye was pictured on the cover wearing a crown of thorns. Yeah. And that I, I found that devastating. I found that troubling. Uh, and, then, and then he's married to a woman who I think is uh, just a dreadful, dreadful uh, person. Maybe, the theory? Huh? I'm not going to give you the theory. Dang, Dang it. Uh but here he is, a black entertainer, wealthy beyond his imagination, who has had the independent thinking to say he doesn't hate Trump. Today, I guess he's having lunch at the White House. Yes, he was you know, that's, that's, already had it. Yep. Yeah, that's not much of a coup. Uh, you know, Trump's a problematic guy. But Kanye West should be entitled to, and is, is it, it doesn't occur to Kanye to kowtow to the gang. Right. CNN contributor Tara Setmeyer used a racial insult to criticize Kanye West for wearing a Trump campaign hat. But she had to fend off a torrent of uh, blowback from her colleagues and others who thought she crossed a line. She said, he's the token Negro of the Trump administration. Oh. oh. This is what the... Can you imagine if I would say that? Uh, yeah, it'd be your last podcast. But 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 think of that. The gang is not allowing Kanye West to be to think for himself. And they're a mob. They're a gang. They're a mob. Why would she say this? Because she feels safe enough. Because she's far left enough and working for CNN that. Setmeyer, who identifies herself politically as a conservative critic of President Donald Trump, appeared on a panel Tuesday night discussing the recent actions of Kanye West on Saturday Night Live. Kanye West is what happens when Negroes don't read, said Bakari Sellers. And we have this now, and now Donald Trump is going to use it and pervert it, and he's going to have somebody who can stand with him and take pictures. Don Lemon, who I don't trust as far as I can throw him. Don Lemon and Setmeyer laughed at Sellers referring to West as a Negro, and Lemon laughed at the obvious discomfort from former Bush aide Scott Jennings, the only white person on the panel. Now all of a sudden, Setmeyer said, Kanye, because he's put on a mega hat and he's an attention whore like the president, he's all of a sudden now the model spokesperson. He's the token Negro of the Trump administration? Question mark. This is ridiculous, and no one should be taking Kanye West seriously, she concluded. Right, because he's violating the gang's terms. 
Isn't this extraordinary? It really is. Look at, look at, look at the world we're living in. The same CNN types printing a story telling us how, from now on, we can't call uh, hurricanes natural disasters. And now here they are, uh, the mob, the gang, is, is, t- uh, is ridiculing Kanye West. For what? Because he doesn't hate Trump. Mysterians are haters. They hate people. And they want you to hate the same people they hate. Trump supporters and others jumped on the comment as hypocritical and racist given Setmeyer's criticism of the president for racially insensitive comments. The same people horrified that President Trump called LeBron James dumb, which was a mistake by the president, by the way, feel perfectly free to call Kanye West dumb. Double standard all the time. Or just when you're on TV, said, uh, well, that's the uh, Twitter commentary. Uh, This is despicable, said... Patrice Lee Onwuka, I don't know who that is. Uh, not every black person is an intellectual like Bakari Sellers, Tara Setmeyer, and Don Lemon, but regular folks have some decency and common sense. So there's some pushback on this fool. I've never heard of her before. John, have you? I have not, no. There, that's gang behavior. You must say what we approve of. Kanye's flipping him off and saying, I'm not in your game. Right. Bleep you. Uh, This is coming from the guy that said, George Bush does not like black people. Again, I have trouble with West, Uh, and I don't blame the people around me who are having a lot of fun at my expense because I I, I keep trying to say to them, look, the only thing I'm finding uh, uh, interesting right now is that Kanye West, a black American— entertainer has the balls to stand up to the gang, not to kowtow to Trump. I wish, though, he would contribute something to the conversation, which he is not. No, not really. And as you'll see from, I have the story about the luncheon. Oh, good. That's coming up on your newscast. As you'll see from that, he's probably contributing things he shouldn't be. Well, see, you'll put me in another tailspin about where to be (laughs) with this guy. Well, I'm sorry. I I know where I'm at. I'm the opposite view of you at this point. Sorry. (laughs) I see him as, as a, you know. A person who, who loves the press he's getting from this. And I also have seen him. Yeah, follow- you don't see him thumbing his nose at the gang? I, no, I see him. I've always seen him as somebody. He had a lot of drug problems for a lot of years. He has been diagnosed as being bipolar. I think all what of you're this- telling me is he's messed up. Well, that's that's the way I see him. I see that's- it. I see it as a guy <laughs> from the liberal establishment who was astonishing the establishment with his uh, support of uh, Trump, whether it just be as simple as wearing a hat. <laughs> I think he uh, he enjoys the uh, the press he's getting. Well, I'm looking forward situation. to your newscast. <laughs> okay. Live from the seat of Gumption County, Minnesota, here's Joe Suchere. What was that? That guy's got a future, man. What was that? <laughs> was that you? Yeah. <laughs> I must I mean, have been trying wow. my uh, Ben Johnson impersonation. Live from the seat of Gumption County, Minnesota, <laughs> here's Joe Suchere. What mic did you use? I don't know what he did. I was using the uh, microprocessor, the Sedan 420. <laughs> Sennheiser <laughs> amplifer. Here's John Hyde in the Garage Logic Newsroom. Oh, that one. Yeah, that's the one. Vintage. It's vintage. 
University of Minnesota Board of Regents voted Thursday to approve a three-year contract extension for athletic director Mark Coyle. The extension does not <laughs> include a pay raise. According to University President Eric Kaler, it's expected to be approved on a final vote on Friday. Good thing he got that done before they go lose to Ohio State by 75 points. Coyle. I'm just looking that up. They're at Ohio State, 11 a.m. Saturday. Yep. Good luck, fellas. She'll be over by about 11.30. Coyle, the Gophers AD since May of 2016, has received positive endorsements from the outgoing Kaler, coaches, and others during his time. Some regents argued in favor of postponing the vote on a new contract, at least until the board's December meeting. Regents said they had gotten a heads up that a new contract might land on their Finance and Operations Committee meeting agenda earlier this week, but they had not seen it until shortly before Thursday's meeting, did not have enough time to review the contract carefully. How long has he been on the job? It feels like he <coughs> just started. 2016, I think I just said. <laughs> May 2016. Wow. All right. Two men and a 17-year-old boy drove around the South Metro in a stolen car late Wednesday afternoon and committed four armed robberies before they crashed into an Apple Valley squad car. Whoops. The three suspects were arrested and remained jailed Thursday pending formal criminal charges. The crash gave the two officers in the squad car whiplash and bumps and bruises, according to Captain Nick Francis. Uh, the uh, boy, meanwhile, had a few cuts that required stitches. Officers recovered four handguns. Francis said one of the suspects actually had one on him when he got out of the car. The robberies involved the suspects approaching people at gunpoint and demanding personal belongings, wallets, cell phones, and anything of value they had. The crime spree began just before 5 p.m. when a man reported he was robbed at gunpoint by two males in the parking lot of a retail area near Cedar Avenue and 150th Street West. An hour later, an armed robber reported to Egan police. The victim reported being robbed at gunpoint by three males, and the description given matched the suspects in the Apple Valley robbery. About a half hour later, a similar armed robbery was reported in Burnsville. Finally, about 10 minutes later, a victim reported being robbed at gunpoint in an Apple Valley neighborhood near Freedom Lane. The description given matched those of three previous robberies. Officers spotted the suspect's car in a parking lot near a Home Depot. As officers drove toward the car, the driver sped away, then rammed into the squad car. When you guys were kids and there was a, a thunderstorm with deep rolling thunder, mm -hmm. what did your mother or father invariably say? The angels are bowling. Thank you, John. Yep. 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 Always. My mom always said the angels are crying because of something you did. What is it? Ooh, wow. Jeez. So, yeah, that was kind of tough to tell. That was a, that's, that, a little twist. That would almost put you in therapy. Right, yeah, mm. crying very hard. A downpour, it was basically. You, what sin did you yeah, commit? Yeah, it was, I was like a dog with a tail that's, between uh, my legs. That's very Catholic. But what was assumed yeah. when something like that was said, the angels are bowling? What was assumed? Uh hmm. That this weather is the majesty of a higher power. Oh, yeah. yeah this weather is the majesty of God. Yep. I was wondering, though, why would the angels, I mean, they got, don't they have better stuff to I, do? I'm not going to believe is, that about your mother, by the way. She, nah, did, she did not say it. But it sounded pretty good, didn't it? Did, it was a good bit. My mother would never say anything like that. And she's a podcast listener. Right. So I really well, should I hope, have thought. Well, I hope Judith oh, realizes I just defended her yeah. because yes. I could not believe yes. she would say that. Yes. Yeah. Or she made it up in other ways, though. Or do you think they would go Lebowski and say, bleep it, dude, let's go bowling? Yeah. Would the Angels throw perfect games? Sure. Like, hell yeah. yeah. I mean, it would be a race. To, it would be, be no yeah. contest. Right. 300s all around. All, you know what they're always bowling in? A league game. <laughs> How do they get those bowling shirts over those uh, wings? <laughs> that would be <laughs> difficult. Maybe it's they're tough. custom. Yeah. John, you mentioned in your previous story yes, about the uh, the robbers that ran into the yeah. squad car. Did you guys mm -hmm. happen to see the, uh, the online video of the kid texting behind the wheel yeah. of New Hope and ran right into a... Yeah, uh, crossing a New Hope police squad car. I, I did, did not. see that. I did yes, not. and the only reason it was captured was it was being followed 
by another New Hope uh, squad with yeah. the dash cam rolling. Dash cam. There are people quite literally not paying any attention when they're driving. Yeah. Like you pass people on the highway. Oh, I'm my God. All, uh, who are going 40 miles an hour, and you look over, and they're on their phone. Yep. It's nuts. But please continue to download this podcast. <laughs> right. President Trump, not one to be upstaged. Not the case today when, uh, or Thursday. I'll get used to that eventually. When rapper Kanye West launched into a monologue across from him in the Oval Office, leaving even the president almost speechless. The president could only say afterward, that was quite something. That was quite something. Do we know what Did he repeat what himself he like that too? West was invited to the White House to have lunch with the president, former NFL star Jim Brown, and president's son-in-law and top advisor Jared Kushner. I want to see somebody tell Jim Brown to his face that he's Trump's. Yeah, house exactly. Negro. Yeah. I want to see how Jim Brown would handle it. To discuss, they, manu- they discussed manufacturing prison reform and gang violence. But West launched into a more than 10-minute profanity-infused soliloquy, oh, waxed about being mistakenly diagnosed as bipolar, about his family situation, and about his support for the president, among other things. He said he also won't consider running for the presidency until 2024, instead voicing <laughs> his support for the president. West told those in the Oval Office he might expect uh, he might not expect to have a crazy mother bleeper like Kanye West support him. West said he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, but then uh, said he was misdiagnosed and was simply sleep deprived. Oh. He said we can empower the pharmaceuticals and make more money. West did touch on criminal justice reform, the primary topic he was there to talk about. The president earlier in the week said Chicago should strongly consider implementing a stop-and-frisk program like the one New York City had. But West said many people told him the most important thing is to make sure to curb any stop-and-frisk policies. West said the focus needs to be on love instead. Mm-hmm. Ah, of course it does. Uh, West has been supportive of the president sharing a picture of himself with the Make America Great Again hat earlier this year and praising him during his recent Saturday Night Live appearance. In return, the president has lauded the rapper on Twitter and said he's been helpful with support among African-Americans. Uh, your gal, by the way, Joe, is it Tara Setmeyer? Is that what we're going with? Uh, the CNN? From the seat of Gumption County, Minnesota. Nope. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to hit that. Uh, I'm going to give you your name, Tara Setmeyer, S-E-T-M-A-Y-E-R. Uh, one hour ago, she has basically doubled down on what she said really? uh, on CNN. And uh, she's getting some some heat from some people <laughs> on the social medias. But, uh, yeah, she doubled down. Old in what sense? Basically, uh, here, I'll read you the tweet. Yeah. She's replying to someone that kind of went after her. I The response to her was, I am mortified at the vile things that people have. Okay. She said, uh, you know, I'm undeterred by the MAGA foolishness. This here conservative is confident my principles are fully intact, unlike those attacking me for calling it straight about Kanye. Um, All right, whatever. uh, I stand by what I said 100%. He is uninformed and is being used willfully. What what is she? Look it up while John's She is a CNN political commentator. She also has her own podcast. I'm not going to give out the name. Look it up yourself. (laughs) News and politics? (laughs) On uh, From the city pages, on Tuesday, Eric Curtis alerted his northeast Minneapolis neighbors to a little-known peril faced by urban barefoot runners, acorns. Oh. He, he, felt it, uh, he felt it necessary to point that out. That's, that's true, yes. <laughs> he wrote in uh, the popular face group group, I Love Northeast Minneapolis, Hey, Northeasters, lately I've noticed the sidewalks have been littered with acorns. As a competitive barefoot runner, this makes my training <laughs> sessions very difficult. I would imagine. 
What is a competitive barefoot runner? Is that like a competitive yogging? barefoot runner? Okay. Curtis urged homeowners to sweep their sidewalks and Oh he, my God. Could you imagine being around this clown? He, no. He gently threatened to turn those who don't into the city. Really? These, <laughs> I didn't know it was a law. The since deleted post was not well received. Uh, it cataloged on Twitter, neighbors gleefully teed off on Curtis, who Acorn complaint was widely deemed ridiculous. A previous post from Curtis where he briskly sought out serious unicycling club makes resurfaced, and that was similarly mocked also. Uh, someone told him to run with a leaf blower. Maybe that would work. Another asked, this is a joke, right? At one point, Curtis posted a screenshot of a complaint he was apparently submitting to the city. Oh, God. Called out the sidewalk acorns plus what he called cyberbullying and threats from the community. He says he doesn't find any of this funny. He said, I'm surprised it's gotten this much tension, but I'm grateful because now maybe people will see the level of discrimination that exists against the barefoot running community. If I knew this moron was going to run by my house, I'd dump the acorns on the right, sidewalk. Right on the right. sidewalk. Bangs. Acorn drop off here. You know what we should do? We should keep track a new division of GL. We should keep track of the most outrageous first world problems that come up. That's one of this them. Right now, one. this might be number top one. Of the, top of the yeah. list. Right this now. might lead the list right now. If you're a competitor. There are little children dying all over the world. Mm -hmm. There are a billion people who still poop outside in this in this world. Pedro Luca. Yeah. And this guy is worried about acorns on the sidewalk. That's got to lead the list yeah. right now. Yeah. He, uh, I think he's trying to cover up a little bit yesterday. On uh, He told Buck, Look, BuzzFeed it was a hoax. It's but. a groin kick. This oh, guy gets point. groin kicked. Good point. Don't we need audio for a groin kick? Well, not in this case. Okay. <laughs> that deserves this. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Here's your acorn. Oh. Yeah. Oh, right in the acorns. Yeah, right. Oh, right in the acorns. Oh, there are acres. The third most powerful hurricane to hit the U.S. mainland in recorded history left a big path of destruction across, across Florida and Georgia, destroying homes and shopping centers, knocked over trees that killed at least two people. It's not done yet. Hurricane Michael did weaken to a tropical storm Thursday, no longer a Category 4 storm, packing those 155-mile-an-hour winds. But it's still menacing the southeast with heavy rains, blustery winds, and perhaps some spin-off tornadoes, soaking areas swamped by epic flooding last month with hurricane uh, from Hurricane Florence. Uh, by about 5 this morning, Michael's eye was about 45 miles west of Augusta, Georgia. Well, speaking of first world problems, yeah. I wonder what that storm will do to Augusta National. Oh, it's, it's wow. right yeah. in the right in the sight lines. Hmm. Probably nothing because those guys have so much money they'll just shoo it away, right? <laughs> well, it's <laughs> funny you said that. It's funny you said that because I texted that out last night to a couple of golfing friends of mine, including the former chief offsite correspondent. Yeah, and. What he texted back is, that won't make any difference. Those guys have so much money, they'll just rebuild it. <laughs> <laughs> Fans of late British singer Amy Winehouse, whose untimely death in 2011 shook the music world, will be able to see her again on concert stages in the form of a hologram. I'm not liking this hologram thing. Mm. No. It's creepy. It's, it's creepy. creepy. The show's supposed to debut in 2019 will be created by the same company that produced hologram tours for Roy Orbison and opera singer Maria Callas. Producers hope to take the concert around the world for three years. The Winehouse hologram will be projected on stage in front of a live band that will accompany the voice from her original recordings. Mitch Winehouse said all the money the family gets from the show will go to the Amy Winehouse Foundation, which was established after her death to help young people suffering with substance abuse and other challenges. A five-month-old baby is set to become the youngest member of the All 50 States Club. And her parents hope it's only the start of a lifetime full of confidence and curiosity. What is that? 
Well, be <laughs> that like the Mile High Club. You'd be at every every state once. You'd visit every state. Well, how, how old is this kid? Five months. Five months. And she's already done it. Nope, she's at forty right now. Well, uh, I got news for these parents. Right. Thank you. The kid you. ain't going to remember any of this. Well, not to mention, is that healthy for a, a five-month-old baby to be traveling that much? Not in my I world. No. I don't know. Well, what determines if you've been there? In my family, we always say you have to spend the night there to say, yeah. I've been to Tennessee or I've mm-hmm. been to Boston. These parents are attention-seeking asshats. That's what they are. <laughs> okay. Do we have a name of the child? Yep. Harper Yeats. That's her last name. Yeats. Harper's it's a cute Harper. name. It's a cute name, but it's foghornable. Yeah, okay. They've been tra- tra- traveling with... Uh, no. <laughs> well, Harper's been uh, traveling with mother Cindy Lim and father Tristan Yeats, who have been documenting the tour across the U.S. on Instagram. Uh, they hail from Australia, by the way, but they've been living in Canada for the last three years. And Sounds like they don't live anywhere. They just travel. And visiting the states in what they call pockets at a time. They were on maternity leave after Harper was born and set their sights on a U.S. trip. They? You don't get maternity leave when you're a dad. You don't get six months. You do in euphoria. Uh, They started the trip by entering Maine in June. It wasn't until they looked into the All 50 States Club membership and the possibility of Harper becoming the freshest face in the group that the idea caught traction. They've almost completed the journey, visiting more than 40 states and Counting. I, I got a kid I used to have who is deadly serious about becoming a looper. You know what the loopers are? I don't. They take off, well, in his case, he could take off from Chicago, and you do a route that takes you uh, uh, through the Great Lakes and back down through the East Coast and around uh, the point of Florida. All right. All the, and that's the loop. And the only thing holding him back, of course, is he doesn't have enough money to buy the kind of boat you need, but he's gearing up for this. And I'd love to do it, but I'll be dead by the time he gets enough dough for the boat he needs. Right. Uh, back to paternity leave. Um, what did you say? Six weeks or whatever it is? Six months. Uh, it's got to be. Six months. It must um, be, yeah. I've had four four children. Yeah. And I've been employed here, uh, close to this gentleman. <laughs> and each and every child that we've had, mm-hmm. once that baby was born into this wonderful world, uh, Mr. Bad Waiter over there is... Um, so uh, the show's on at two, and I uh, what uh, what are you? Uh, no excuse for you not. What to are be. you coming over at? Uh, see noon. I still expect you here at noon. You can leave right after. Yeah. Yes. That was your damn. My paternity leave was I think about, about four hour. hours. No, you got an hour. <laughs> yes. And in fact, for one of the kids, I called in during delivery right, right. as a uh, I don't know what I as was. As you done. were fully expected. To do. Yes. <laughs> Is Ma okay? Good. Get in yep. here. When are you coming back? Let's go. <laughs> After a kid, let's. Which kid was it? There's no taking off. It's not like. I left the day after one kid was born to cover the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. That would be the first kid. Uh, by the time the second kid came along, I was covering the Vikings in Mankato. I came back for an hour or two. And by the time the third kid came along, uh, I was no longer a sports writer, so I, I had time to hang around the hospital. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> she said, what are you doing here? Yeah. Why, yeah. Are you Why are you here? <laughs> Go away. Yeah. It's been marital bliss ever since yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And First Lady Melania Trump 
whose Be Best campaign focuses on the well-being and bullying prevention efforts of young kids across the country, said in an ABC interview she considers herself to be one of the most bullied people in the world. In excerpts of the wide-ranging interview set to air on Friday, she also discussed an environment of distrust in the White House as an area of concern. I actually believe her when she says that she's one of the most bullied people in the world. Don't you guys? Uh, yes. Sure. By the, yeah, the gang bullies her. She's really picked on. And think of the former first lady, Michelle Obama, was oh, praised. She was off limits. She was praised for whatever she did. I don't see that Melania has done anything to be bullied about, is she? No. She's just married to... You know, she's married to the to the, the guy. guy. Yeah. The guy. Yeah, she's married to the guy. Uh, she said she's been forthcoming with her husband about everything. Uh, she says she doesn't necessarily trust some folks in the White House. She said, I give him my honest advice and honest opinions, and then he does what he wants to do. We're going to return by going back to nature. With a tree, Joe Sushere. One hundred years ago this week. One hundred years ago this week. We're podcasting. This is podcast number twenty-two. By the way, the record high on this day was eighty-four degrees in nineteen thirty. Yeah, like that. Yeah, boy, we haven't seen the sun in a long time. No, you can tell by the mums. Climate change. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) On October 12th, 1918, a massive wildfire uh, descended on the Moose Lake, Minnesota area. Yep. Uh, And members of the Soderbergh family, adults and children, huddled within the root cellars, field stone-lined walls. Fourteen Soderbergs went in. None came out. Oh, my God. What? They decided they were going to survive in the root cellar. Local historian Dan Reed said as he stood next to the cellar's opening, and, of course, they made the wrong choice. Uh, I'm reading this from, uh, I think, the Carol Evan website. Wow. This is the 100th anniversary of the uh, of the fire. They were uh, The Soderbergs were among more than 450 people who died on October 12, 1918, in the deadliest natural disaster in Minnesota history. Is, is, can, can we I, call can it a natural disaster? Can, can we call it a natural disaster? Not a single fire, but several, likely started by embers from passing trains, were whipped up by the fierce winds and desert-like humidity as northeastern Minnesota was enduring its worst drought in half a century. Wait a minute. You mean 100 years ago there were droughts? There were only droughts now. Right. I don't know how there were. There couldn't have been a drought 100 years ago. Maybe they were just lucky until that point. In other words, it was a perfect storm. 450 people killed, many of them burned to death in their cars as they tried to outrun the racing wildfire. You can imagine uh, those cars weren't uh, terribly efficient right, uh, or speedy. In contrast, the Soderbergh's choice seemed sensible. Together, the family entered the root cellar to wait out the fire, seemingly protected by stone walls and several feet of surrounding soil. Three generations, Lois Johnson said of the Soderbergh's, plus a sister-in-law that was visiting. As a reporter for the local paper, Johnson has written many times over the years about the fire, but her connection to the Soderbergs feels more personal. She lives just a few hundred feet from the old Soderberg farm and passes that root cellar daily. Johnson imagines the fear that must have gripped parents and children as the fire quickly transitioned from black smoke in the distance to bearing down on the family farm. Where do you, uh, where do you go and what do you do? They hadn't thought about that, Johnson said. Several other families made the same mistake. Same mistake by crawling into root cellars and abandoned wells. So let me just 
Uh, smoke inhalation? I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. That's In fact, that's the next sentence. Oh, okay. As the fire passed, it sucked from the Soderbergh's root cellar the oxygen the oh. family had been breathing. Wow. It makes it real, she said, of the root cellar. Some people won't go in there because of what it's connected with. It's been some time, but Johnson has paid a few visits. She's imagined what it must have been like for the searchers to come and find these people sitting there sleeping, and they're gone. They're not living anymore. That was a a, a horrible, horrible fire. Uh, that it, that gratefully is, is still being called a natural disaster. So they were still intact. They just they suffocated. They weren't burned to death. No, no, they yeah they wow. suffocated. They had no uh, no oxygen. They had no oxygen. That's not funny. Well, it? no, no, not in that story. They had no, no oxygen. Right. And now we live hundred years later, in just a hundred years, which is nothing in the cosmic scheme of time. A hundred years later. Do you think this would have been called a natural disaster <laughs> not, by CNN? Not a chance. No. no. Not a chance. No. Do you think during their coverage of this, well, we already saw it in the Northern California wildfires, most of which were started by accident or, or uh, uh, do you think uh, CNN would would uh, would cover this fire without insisting that it had something to do with climate change? I'm thinking not. No. It's 100 years ago, and, and northeastern Minnesota was experiencing a terrible drought. What was the story Johnny Height might remember? Or, Rook, this is where your memory's great. What was the great fire in Wisconsin that got overshadowed because of the uh, the Chicago fire started by Mrs. O'Leary's cow? Was it the Peshtigo was fire? Peshtigo, or was it, uh, wasn't there? Peshtigo. I Peshtigo. Look that one up, Reeves. Okay. Peshtigo, or Peshtigo. Peshtigo. P-E-S-H-T-I-G-O. And apparently uh, did far more damage in the Chicago fire. Peshtigo fire was a massive forest fire that took place on October 8th, 1871 in and around Peshtigo, Wisconsin. It was the deadliest wildfire in American history with an estimated deaths of around 1,500 people, possibly as many as 2,500. Do we know why it started? Can't. Setting of small fires was a common way to clear forest for railroad construction. Yep. On the day of the Peshtigo fire, a cold front moved in from the west, bringing strong winds that fanned the fires out of control and escalated them into massive proportions. I don't know. That still strikes me as it's a terribly uh, significant natural disaster. Mm-hmm. One speculation first suggested in 1883 is that the occurrence of the Peshtigo and Chicago fires on the same day was not just a coincidence, but that all the major fires that occurred in Illinois, Michigan, and Wisconsin on that day were caused by the impact of fragments from Comet Biela. <laughs> what? I'm not going with that this one. Theory, well, this is I'm on not the going wi- with that one. This is on the Wikipedia yeah. I'm going page. Mrs. O'Leary's cow kicking over right. that kerosene lamp. Right. This theory was revived in a 1985 book and investigated in a 2004 paper to the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics. Well, keep reading. Scientists with expertise in the area argue that meteorites cannot ignite a fire as they are cold to the touch when they reach the Earth's surface. But we could have stopped that if only the government was more active in Get taking out ahead care of it. Of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You could prevent that. You could throw some money at it. Yeah, put throw more little... money. Yeah. Tax more, create more divisions, create more bureaucracy. You'd prevent that. Well, yeah. you, you know in 1883, John, that some guy went, oh, I got that comet up there. <laughs> That's how that rumor started probably. Natural disasters. Yep.
Look up the hurricane that hit the Florida panhandle in 1882. And the only difference is nobody lived there, relatively speaking. And you look at the destruction there today, and you can say, you can look that every square foot of that beach was packed with housing because people wanted the good life and they were willing to make that bet. But the storm that hit there more than 100 years ago was no different than the storm that hit yesterday. And there's no denying that it was a horrible, horrible storm that hit the panhandle yesterday. Right. And again, what a miracle that nobody has lost, two, two souls lost their lives so far. No, they were. Uh, they did a great job of uh, making people aware of what's coming. And you know what? Given the American spirit, it'll be rebuilt in six months. Yeah, they'll clean it up and six start. Six months to a year. Thanks now to Kanye West. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who drops the F-bomb in the uh, Oval Office. Oh, how inelegant. That's too bad. How inelegant. That's too bad. Wouldn't you think he would have a, enough of a sense of decorum not to drop the giant F-bomb in well, the White House? Yeah, apparently the whole speech yeah. was full of things he probably shouldn't have. Yeah. Boy, do I struggle with where I am on that character. <laughs> I still like the way he's thumbing his nose at the gang. I don't want to wrap up. I want to keep talking. You're going to keep talking? <laughs> Your music's going to be killed out here. All That's right. okay. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. GarageLogic.com and rate us. See you. Goodbye.